Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Good morning, a happy Thursday, happy best day of the week to everybody out there, whether you're listening on ESPN 1320, whether you're listening on the free Odyssey app, or maybe you were tapped in on ESPN 1320 TV at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 or twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. Also streaming live on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, that's James Ham. He's sitting right over there, I promise. I'm Kyle Madsen. I'm sitting right here, I promise. Um... Seven trades have gone down so far this morning in the NBA. You're making a lot of promises out there. I I, I don't know. Yeah, seven trades. It's been it's been wild. You kind of felt like this might be. I don't. Last night I was driving home. I'm like, we'll talk about last night. We don't have to talk about. It. We just, we'll just skip. We'll we'll like. No 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 <laughs> no like, no no. Look into the light. You don't <laughs> get to be. You don't get to be a team's extra point on the season, and. We skip talking about it. Okay. Detroit, okay. now it's seven wins after last night's That seems to be one. the theme this morning. Seven wins, seven... Seven trades. Seven trades. I don't know. Seven-minute abs. I, I don't know. It's a negative for me, Coach. It's a negative. No promises there. No promises. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a wild morning, but I, I was driving home last night, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like this thing is going to bust loose in the morning, and I don't know if that's like league wide or Pause. just just kings but mm-hmm. yeah I, for me i'm like hey I, like it kind of felt like we've had all of this this quietness this weirdness and that people are doing work behind the scenes so i don't know we'll see when we talked about it yesterday on the show it felt like detroit who the kings played last night and lost to and again we'll talk about that here shortly but it felt like detroit was going to be one of the teams that would be the most active they were 6 and 43 going into last night They've got veterans who aren't doing them any good. They've got young players who can probably be jettisoned in favor of minutes for for young players who may be a piece of their their team. Go and and you see that today. So so far, Detroit, and we'll we'll push the trade stuff to a little bit later. But uh, Detroit specifically has traded Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovic to the Knicks in exchange for Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn. 
Ryan Archidiacono, and two second-round picks. Ooh. Uh, Detroit also acquired Daniel House from Philadelphia. Uh, House and a second-round pick from the Knicks. Uh, Via the Knicks from Philly, Philly gets some cap room for the buyout market. That's according to Woj. And then they've also traded... Uh, no, they waived Joe Harris. They waived Joe Harris. $19.9 million Joe Harris. It's a lot of money. We we want you to take this $10 million check and leave. Here's $10 million. Exit the building. You know what? If if Aaron, our boss, walked in here right now with a $10 million check and said never come back, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say goodbye. Yep. I wouldn't even take the time. Just you saying, you wouldn't right, say goodbye to me, Kyle? I'll text you. That's rude. We'll FaceTime. I know where to, I know what Jamba used to find you out in the mornings. No, um, so that's what's that's what's going on. Uh, Gordon Hayward has been traded to Oklahoma City. Buddy Heald is on the move again. He's going from Indy to Philly. Daniel Gafford, the center for Washington, he's headed to Dallas. A lot of stuff shaking up the West. We'll talk about what that means for the Kings. We have another trade right now. Great. Charlotte is trading PJ Washington to the Dallas Mavericks for a package around Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first round pick. Hmm. Sort of seemed like uh, they missed out on Kyle Kuzma and that Kyle Kuzma's available. Yeah, de- it, they Just so saying. Mark Stein yesterday on NBC Sports California said the Mavs were one of the teams in on on Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. And given that they've acquired Daniel Gafford and now went and got PJ Washington and are dealing all their trade chips, kind of makes it seem like they were punting on that idea. Yeah, I don't know. Like they they might like break this thing up. I I don't know. Like usually, when you get one trade, there's always a possibility for more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about what this all means for for Sacramento, how the West has changed, whether the Kings are going to get in on the action, and if the Kings do get in on the action uh, again, if you're listening while you're driving, or maybe you're at work and you've got to leave, or whatever the case, you don't have to turn us off. We're on the radio on thirteen twenty a.m. Download that free Odyssey app. Search ESPN 1320. You can tap in there. That way you can just take us with you wherever you're going. Maybe you got errands to run today. Or, uh, of course, YouTube and Twitch. We are also there. If you are heading into work or or maybe you're going to be somewhere where you can't be uh, in front of a radio or listening on your phone, you can tap in uh, on the computer at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320 and twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. Any news that happens in the lead-up to the noon trade deadline today, we will have it for you right here, breaking it down, what it means for the NBA, what it means for the Kings. The Kings. Mm. They fall to the Pistons 133-120 to last night, and we have a new contender, James, for worst loss of the year. Oh, no, that's it. I think the, the, reason, the reason this one is worse than, than all of the other bad losses they've suffered this year, where they lose to a shorthanded Portland team, or they lose to a shorthanded Charlotte team. Um, it just, or no, I guess they they beat a shorthanded Portland team in overtime, but they lost to Portland later. They've lost to a shorthanded Charlotte team. What makes last night so bad for me was I said to you during the game, I was like, man, it feels like they're up, the the Kings are up fifty right now. Like they just feel like they're controlling it. They feel like they're fine, and they're eventually going to pull away. Like the 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 Pistons are hitting some shots, but eventually the Kings are gonna like we saw them do in Detroit, are gonna put their foot on the gas and and pull away in this game, which is really how it felt. And Domas hits the three at the end of the third quarter. Kings go up two. They've erased this fifteen point deficit, and it's like all right, here it is. They're winning this game by twenty. They are gonna run these dudes out of the gym in the fourth quarter. All right, 
and then they get smoked in their own house in the fourth quarter. By Jaden Ivey. By Jaden Ivey. Tapping his head the whole time. That was tough. I'm not sure what he's doing, but... I, I don't I don't know either, but that's a good that's a strong celebration. I'm okay. not I'm kind of here for it, but yeah. So he goes for a career high thirty seven. Keegan Murray has zero. By zero. the way, yes. Uh, it, it was De'Aaron Fox wasn't good. The Kings once again play no defense. I I don't I don't ha- they they just weren't good enough. Kyle, this is this really does make me. It reminds me of the Charlotte game completely. Again, a bunch of players missing for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit sat Bojan Bogdanovic, who they trade today. Uh, they sat Cade Cunningham. But what happens in the NBA is if you leave a team hanging around, you run the risk of one guy getting hot and ruining everything. Mm-hmm. And against Charlotte the first time, it was it was Rogier. Terry Rogier got, got hot late and torched the Kings. Mm-hmm. This game, it was even a combination of of uh, Burks and and Jaden Ivey, but you let somebody have life, and yep. they took advantage of it, and that's your bad. That's the Kings' bad. Like it's just really, really bad. This is the worst loss. You know when you go into work some days, and I know you experience this with writing, as do I. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you experience it with radio, particularly in the summer, but anybody who has a job or anybody who's ever been to school, you know there's days where you're like, I'm dialed today. I am locked in. Mm-hmm. And then there's other days where you're going, I would rather be literally anywhere else. I have work to do. I'm skipping it. Or I'm half-assing it. I'm mailing it in today. Everybody's done that at least once in their life. Yep. And if you haven't, shout out to you. You are the king of society. It feels like that's what the Kings do in these games. Where they look like they want to be anywhere else than at work. And I cannot get my head around that. I can get my head around that if it if it, the Pistons had looked like that. Yeah, man, they're 6-43. and 43. They're not going anywhere. They're playing on vacations. They can't wait for April 14th for this season to be over. Yeah. You're the Kings. You lost... Your playoff spot last night, by the way, they're now in the play-in tournament. Oh, no. They entered this year talking about taking a step forward and all those matchups with the Warriors early in the year. They got asked about, and they're like, we're trying to get to that level, trying to get to that level of, of making championship runs years and years in a row and taking these steps forward, and that's fine. Even if they were had this record and they were a first-round exit in the playoffs, that's fine, But it's and Mike Brown said this last night. After the game. I don't mind losing. I would like to win every game. I don't mind losing. I do mind that there are players, or there are some of us, who are going to look in the mirror and not be able to say that I left everything on the court. And that there is a problem that goes beyond the trade deadline. It's a problem that goes beyond X's and O's. That is just an internal problem that whoever that is on the Kings has to individually fix themselves. I agree. Like watching that, that to me is what I like to call a check-in game, right? Where okay. like nobody's playing well and then you have a player check-in like, okay, I'm, I'm present. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, they've got one guy and then another guy will check in mm-hmm. and then another. And that you're hoping that by the time you get into the third quarter, four guys have fully like, we're here, we're ready to, to run this thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought they got that. 
right? I, I thought that Sabonis was amazing. I thought that Kevin Herter early on hitting the threes. Uh, Trey Lyles came off the bench and started hitting the threes. And then Malik Monk. You know, you started having all these guys check in. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just not enough, especially when you're as bad defensively as the Kings are. That's it. I mean, you're going to go in there and you're going to let a team that isn't very good at all. I mean, they're the worst team in the league. Yeah. But and you're gonna we're let, on track to be the worst team ever. And you, well, they're probably not anymore. But yeah. you're going to let them shoot like what was it, fifty four point six percent from three, whatever it was. Yeah. I, what fifty four point eight? What is going on here? Seventh time this year they've allowed a team to shoot fifty percent or better from three, tied for the most in the league. That's amazing. With the Nets and the Spurs. Yeah, they are the. Uh, I'm going to guess that after last night's game, they've got to be number one and well, number thirty and uh, and. Three point defense. Stand by. Uh, uh, nope. 29th. Still 29th. They're 39.7 now. 39.7 for a whole season. That's what they're giving up. That is absolutely ludicrous, that is man. Putrid, dude. And this is not this is not a run of three games where it's you're going, ah, teams are just making shots. Mike Brown talked about in detail in his press conference. Broke it down. All the different things. It's not, yeah, you know what? We need to close out harder. It's we need to close out harder. We need to be chest on, uh, they call it what, hipping a hot shooter? Yeah. Where you're you're on their, you're on their hip, and when they rise, you rise. It's not that late closeout. Talked about the dribble drive and how bad they got killed on the All the different things that they did wrong, and it's not, oh, that happened last night. It's This has happened all year. He said they spent five minutes on closeouts in, before in the shoot around in the morning, they show five minutes of of their defensive time. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And then he like says it straight up. And then I watched De'Aaron Fox go up and stop two feet away from somebody with his hands out. Like get into their hip, get your hand up. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Like he's like his I like the way he expressed himself was like, look, it's not if they were if they were doing what we were asking. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't working, then then I need to change something right. like schematically. Right. But they're not doing what we're asking. Right. So what am I supposed to? Well, what you're supposed to do at this point probably play some different players. It, even if they're worse, like you got You you have to do find somebody that will do what you need. Right. Literally anything. So and and the way he sounded in his presser last night too, he sat down and just talked for three minutes. Yeah, it sounded exasperated. It sounded like not necessarily searching for answers because he knows the answer. The players have to execute what they're what they're coaching, but he doesn't have the why on why that stuff's not being executed. Yeah, you go five and two on a road trip, great vibe coming back, and then you lose to the worst team in the NBA at home. Yeah, let's get into some of the minutia with six quick thoughts. Uh, you can find those. Uh, it, on James's Twitter, but we're going to talk about those and break some of those down in depth. And of course, the NBA trade deadline is today at noon. All the latest trade deadline movement. We will have it for you here on ESPN 1320. Stick with us all day. We've got you till noon. D'Lo and Casey will be reacting to the trade deadline and the Kings loss from noon to four. So stay tapped into ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Later. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento Sports Leader. 
Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Got plenty of trade deadline action for you today. What do all the moves mean for the Kings? We will be discussing that. Mm-hmm. We got some Super Bowl stuff I want to talk about. Super Bowl week is really killing me. All the media and stuff. My new pet peeve is great player like Drew Brees. On I'm gonna I don't want to pick a radio station, but I'll just like make one up like on like ESPN Radio talking about the Niners and Chiefs, and it's just really clear that he very vaguely watches and pays attention. <laughs> and they're asking Drew Brees like he's some kind of expert. Like, bro, he doesn't know. <laughs> He talked yeah. about, he's like, oh, the Niners, they did it right. They built the offensive line first. Like, <laughs> did. What are what? you talking about? Like, I, I literally have <laughs> asked Kyle for two years on the radio, even when we didn't have a show together, when they're going to add offensive uh, linemen. Uh, uh, that's great. All right, we'll put a pin in the Super Bowl stuff because we need to get to six quick thoughts from James Ham on last night's Sacramento Kings loss to the Detroit Pistons. How'd yesterday's Kings game go? Kings insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts. Six of them things from James Ham brought to you by, well, it could be you. Rich.Ripley at Odyssey.com. If you would like to sponsor six quick thoughts, we do it after each and every Kings game. And if you are so inclined, we could find other things to do six quick thoughts about during the offseason. But that's for the pitch meeting. Anyway, James... (laughs) <laughs> we sat next to each other at the game last night. It was a delight. We did. Um, your first quick thought on the Kings loss. Didn't have it. No, they didn't. De'Aaron Fox was a step slow from the jump and it hurt his team's chance to win. Boy, did it. Uh, 12.7 assists, 0 for 4 from 3, 5 of 14 from the from the field. Uh, he just looked like he was exhausted. I don't know, Kyle. He looked like he he wasn't ready to compete. And I'm not sure why that was. Earlier today when I said, you know those times where you just look like you don't want to be at work and you're going to punt it today? Yep. In fact, you know what? Specific example, going to call myself out. On Tuesday, I have a writing job, NinersWire.com. Check it out. That That requires like a lot of work. And on Tuesday... My contributor wrote something and I wrote something, which is well short of what I need to be doing, especially this week. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it today. I'm out. I'm done. I just, I, I, I didn't write anything else. That's how De'Aaron Fox looked yesterday. Like he just, mm. and again, I don't know. I'm not in the guy's head. Maybe he's banged up. Maybe he's got something going on. I have no, I have no clue. I, I based on my assessment of watching him on the court, he looked like he didn't have it <laughs> to, to use your wording yeah he just he just looked like he wasn't ready wasn't engaged I, yeah. you know like tough and the worst part is like when nothing is going right and then he walks into a three in transition that's usually when it's like or with 17 on the clock and you're like okay look man like it's okay if that's if you want to be a facilitator tonight be a facilitator and be a defensive player that's fine. And he had seven assists. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't don't go five of 14. Like, find somebody else. Like, look to somebody else to lead lead the charge. Well, I the, the thing that's weird is, I mean, he goes five of 14. He missed a dunk. Mm-hmm. 
he missed a couple of of shots in the paint that you normally see go down for him. It just it, it he just it wasn't it wasn't there. The number I circle and this is something that you brought up and ever since you brought it up it, it it's glaring to me. The 0 for 4 from the stripe. Oh you yeah. Can just tell you can tell what kind of night De'Aaron Fox is going to have by how his first couple of free throws go. No, totally. And he goes 0 for 4 from the stripe. On the defensive end, he got a little physical. Uh, thought maybe there was an offensive foul, then he gets whistled for a foul, and just and there it just wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't checked in. No, I, I mean to be honest with you, that was a game where I, I, I didn't think Davion Mitchell played ex, uh, exceptionally well either. Uh, he had some moments, but it was a game where Mike Brown was just kind of searching. Like, what are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. there there comes a point though where he he does need to say, okay, like, look, if if that's what we're doing here, then I need to try somebody else oh. at your position. Yeah. For tonight, like I'm not saying. Yeah, it like, doesn't have to be a permanent thing, but no, no, like send some kind of message. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, if if that's where we're at, then let's go ahead and try something different. All right, number two. Uh, Trey Lyles, elite shooter, um, former former Piston. Uh, he put up 13 of his 19 points before halftime. Chipped in two boards. He has been so good over the last couple of weeks, hitting uh, from the outside. Um, so I, I thought that he definitely had a good game. Yeah, sure did. Uh, he didn't hit the glass, which is which is a problem. He had two rebounds, um, but that was kind of a problem with everybody last night. Yeah, glad to see Trey Lyles making threes. Yeah, number three. Uh, Demonis Bonus was having a pedestrian game through the first twenty-four minutes, and the third, uh, he was just incredible. Uh, he pushed his double-double streak to thirty-three games, finished with thirty points, twelve rebounds, seven assists. Like, look. Like if there's someone you're gonna blame, it's not him in this one. Like I'm not blaming Trey Lyles. I'm not blaming Demonis Sabonis. Uh, like there, there are a couple of players here who who did actually play well and mm-hmm. had a good game. And Sabonis is one of them. And I don't offensively hear... for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, defensively, there's all kinds of issues defensively with this team. It is straight up. Yeah. F- across the board. Uh, my one nitpick on Demonis Sabonis. Yep. And talked about it last night. He went for 30. Like, yes. Thank you. Like, this is what I want to see more of from him. Jaden Ivey with 8-12 left makes a three to make it 108-105 Pistons. Demonis Sabonis comes down, has a layup. It's there. He turns and fires it out to Trey Lyles for three. I get Trey Lyles is hot. Fine. He misses it. Later on, Kings get a stop. Um, Kings get a couple stops. They go down 108-105. Domas, again, has the ball in the paint, has a chance to go up with a shot, turns around, throws it out to Harrison Barnes, who misses. And I get making the right basketball play. I get, I understand all of it. I, I, he is a max player. In a spot like that where your team is struggling to hang on to the rope, to use yep. the metaphor that we use all the time in this show, I would love to see him go up and get a basket there. I get that Trey Lyles can shoot it. I get that Harrison Barnes can shoot it, but those are not the guys I'm paying to hit big shots for me. Yeah. And that's, that's again, he was he was very good last night, but those are my, those two possessions just stick in my craw. Yeah, I know. I, I could see, like, that possession it, when he, he's just right there. All he had to do is, and he's on his left. Right. Right, yep. he's he's on his left and he's got an open. It's it's right yep. there, and he and he hits the guy in the corner. Yep. I didn't get it. Like if there's if there's thirty seconds left, great play, great pass. You're not you need a three there. 
there's eight minutes to go. You, you take mm-hmm. your two points. Yeah. Cut it to one. Keep the momentum. Anyways, as, like I said, just just nitpicking. He was he was obviously very good last night. He was number four, the flying monk. Uh, Malik Monk took a while to get going, like most of the other kinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once he started sprinting around the court, he put it on show. Um, he struggled from three, but managed 23 points, 10 assists, and two blocks. And again, I, I will repeat this. Malik Monk leads the Sacramento Kings in blocks. That's a problem. You're a six man. Who's not an awesome defender either. Who might be six foot three. Ooh. Generously, he, he's listed at six foot three, but might be six foot three. That is who leads your team in blocks, and like, I, you know, like I, he's played really well uh, for most of the season. He woke up out of his little slumber here, and he's been, you know, he's kind of back on the right path. But uh, definitely one of those things where, like, it's, he, he 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 was there, he was present, he was ready. Tough to tough to squander a twenty three and ten game from your sixth man. Yeah, and a. Th- 30 and 12 with seven assists game yeah, from, from your center. center. Yeah, yeah, that's that's bad. Number five. Kevin Hunter came out firing. Uh, he knocked down three straight triples to open the game, finished with four he, four of nine. So that's a problem. Uh, so that means he finished, what, one of six, uh, but 16 points. And then he got ejected, Kyle. He got ejected. You know what? Honestly, good. Good for him. Like, it, finally, somebody did something abrasive. Yes. God. <laughs> and it earned, he earned it too. Malik Monk got fouled on that three. No call. Kevin Herter goes down. Intentional foul. Barked at the ref. Double T. He's gone. Like I, you know, what? I'm fine with it, especially yeah. in that spot. Yeah. Game was over. Get your tees. Very your money's worth. Very interesting to see a player get double T that we never see get text at all. Yeah. Number number six stepped on the gas uh, with Fox out of sorts. Kings needed a boost. Davion Mitchell uh, made the decision to push a pace. He made the decision to push. Push the pace within the half court set, which I thought was really interesting. He's quick. Mm-hmm. He needs to use it more often, and uh, I thought he was all right. Nine points and an assist. Yeah, he looked. He looked more in the preseason. There was a a feeling of wow, Davion's playing with a lot more certainty. Yeah, he just has that. And then the regular season started, and it looked like he lost that. Looked like he regained it last night. And if you're going to get a better version of Davion Mitchell, I think overall you're going to get a better version of the Kings because they need as much help as they can defensively. And if he's not going to be a negative offensively, I think you're going to see a lot of Davion Mitchell minutes down the stretch here. All right, let's hit the break. Uh, We will continue talking about this game. We'll have trade deadline updates for you. What do all the trades mean for the Kings in the West? And then we're going to divvy out um, some blame for what happened in the game last night. Okay. And uh, I might take some responsibility. I'll tell you why next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. You know what stands out to me? Yeah. So Chris Duarte got hurt last night. Rolled his ankle in pregame warmups, and then you saw him in the in the locker room, I guess. Yeah, so I had no idea that he had he had been injured. I was in the locker room in pregame, and he comes in on crutches, and I'm like, "Whoa! Like, hey, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And and then I, I was alerted that Chris Biederman had just reported that he had been ruled out for the game with mm-hmm. a with a sprained ankle or with a with an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Duarte's on crutches and his ankle looked like it was the size of base of a baseball. Yeah, it wasn't a hey, he's on the trade market. He rolled his ankle no injury. It was no. uh it was an actual Oh yeah, he was he was, was on crutches and trying to get to his locker and then they brought him out some slides to put on um, at first I thought, okay, well maybe his ankles are just, you know, like everybody's feet are different. So I wanted to, you know, I was kind of like, you are, are you doing all right? And, mm-hmm. and then he pulled off his sock off his other foot and I'm like, oh no, like his other ankle looks normal size. And then his, his right ankle looked, uh, pretty big. Ugh. Yeah. Like, oh, that just happened. Yikes. So the Kings have their practice uh, facility, which is attached to Golden One Center. Mm-hmm. He was warming up in the practice facility and rolled his ankle. And I'm not sure how that happened. We do not have any of the uh, of the updates yet on him. Um, we don't know if he went in for an MRI or uh, or x-rays, but I'm assuming that both of those things were taking place. And they said that they would get back to us, but that was not one of those, hey, uh, guy is uh, injured, and um, you know, um, I mean, guy might get traded, so we're not going to put him out there. Right. Yeah, it was not one of those things. Hmm. But it, it kind of brought us to the the discussion that you know the the Kings have now been linked through uh, the Athletic to Caleb Martin, uh, one of the Martin twins who plays for the Miami Heat, uh, twenty eight years old, under contract this year at six point eight million and like seven million next year. Uh, on again, off again, starter for the Heat, and realistically, that's who the Kings, I believe, were hoping they were getting with Chris Duarte. Yeah, is like a third Martin twin. Yeah, like a and triplet, now, a Martin and, triplet, if you will. So, two things on this: I want to put a pin in the Chris Duarte thing real quick. Did we get the David Roddy Royce O'Neal trade? Uh, David, no, we did not get to the David Roddy portion of it. The Royce O'Neal, I think we did talk about. Okay, so Royce O'Neal is headed to the Suns. Yep. Uh for three second round picks and then Memphis is sending David Roddy to the Suns for a pick swap as part of a three-way deal with Phoenix and Brooklyn. The Suns acquire Royce O'Neal and David Roddy and the trade includes second rounders from the Suns and pick swaps. Hmm. 
according to Shams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, look, uh, it, as far as I'm seeing right now, to, as we sit at 1037, mm-hmm. two teams that you're competing with, the the team that, yeah, like, you were last night the fifth seed, you've now slid, what, to the seventh seed, right? Mm-hmm. The two teams above you are the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. They are out there actively improving their rosters right now. Right now. It's happening. They're yep. They're doing it. And so far, the Kings have not done much. They've done they've done nothing, uh, uh, and also real quick nothing. just for the sake of updates, uh, Woj just reported that the 76ers are sending Patrick Beverly to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, right on. Hmm. Pat Bev, that, that doesn't affect the West. No, but here's here's where Chris Duarte kind of ties into all of this Kings looking to get better thing. Mm-hmm. That was the move this offseason for me, because Sasha was was a pretty significant question mark. Sasha was A, how's he going to look in the NBA? B, what position is he going to play? C, how tall is he? Like, remember when he walked in for the presser and it was like, oh, he's a legit 6'7". Yeah. 6'8". Like, okay, great. So that that was a massive, massive question mark. But Chris Duarte was the one where the Kings were running it back, but they wanted to make these tweaks, right? They wanted to make these tweaks where, okay, you have this great offense, but get to mid-level defense. Yeah. Be just like capable of getting a couple of stops late in the game. Be capable of getting stops like last night, where the Kings get a bucket to cut it to cut it to one. Uh, uh, Detroit hits a three. Yeah, Kings get another bucket. Okay, cut it back to two. Detroit hits a three. Just mm. so, I thought Chris Duarte was going to be a huge, huge piece of that because when he came out from Oregon, he was a very good defender. We saw that even in his first year with the Pacers, he knocked down a three, and I thought he was going to be a perfect fit. For just everything that would that really ailed the Kings, mm-hmm. and then Davion Mitchell as well, right? You see Davion getting after it in the preseason. Okay, he looks like he's found his role here. Well, as we sit here now on February eighth, an hour and twenty-ish minutes before the trade deadline, the Kings are just kind of the same team they were last year, and they look about the same. It's it's all. It's so, I think I've been trying to overthink this and it's just kind of obvious. They're playing for the most part the same players. Yes. And they're getting for the most part the same results. And that's (laughs) the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Something like that, yes. So Um, I I just, I, the Duarte, the Duarte injury last night, as when that happened, it's like, okay, well, I know he hasn't been playing, but. But okay, what what options does this give the Kings? I'm going. Oh well, they're just kind of doing the same thing they were anyway, so this doesn't really change anything. Well, I, I mean, to your point, Kyle, mm-hmm. like the Kings played nine players last night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your starters, which have been the same starters for the last two years: Fox, Herder, Sabonis, Murray, Barnes, off the bench: Monk, Mitchell, Trey Lyles. Sasha Vizenkov played five minutes and thirty-one seconds. So we don't have minutes for Javale McGee. We don't have minutes for Alex Len. We don't like even Alex Lim was on the roster last year, but mm-hmm. like Chris Duarte, of course, is not playing because of the ankle injury, but he wasn't playing either way. Mm-hmm. So this is the exact same team that you had last year. Yep. And to be honest with you, they're not as good as they were last year. They're they're just not. I don't, I don't, I don't care what the record says. They're not. Yeah, they're not as uh, what's the what's the right word? I don't want to say not as good, but. The intensity is not there. The urgency isn't there. The consistency. The consistency. Like we can is, keep saying, is using uh, like 
like descriptive words here. Like, yeah, it all it all comes back to they're not as as good. Yeah, like their last season, you know, they didn't just drop bad games. They they didn't. They mm-hmm. didn't lose bad games. They didn't lose more than four in a row. Uh, they lost four in a row to start the season, but never did it again. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't lose games that were just you know easy easy wins. Mm-hmm. Last night should have been an easy win. It's not just the worst team in the NBA. It's the worst NBA team in the NBA that shut down their two best players, one of which they traded later. Mm-hmm. But you can't lose that game. I don't I don't care about a seven-game road trip. I don't care about any of it. At the end of the day, it's it's a loss in 82, and I know Fox says it's one of 82. Ah, yeah, you're right. It is. It goes in the loss column, but... You know what? The what else is a loss of eighty two? The the game against Denver, you're probably going to drop this weekend. That's also a, a one of eighty two. So I sure would have. I sure would like a win. That would be one of one of eighty two wins as well. You know, like yeah. games. Yeah. But and you, the issue, you don't have that anymore. Mike Brown said it in his post game presser, though. The issue is not the the losses. The issue is not that they're they were twenty nine and twenty one after fifty games last year. They are twenty nine and twenty one after fifty games this year. Yeah. They are on the same path that they were a season ago. And if you had said before this year, if you had said, hey, I'll give you 29 and 21 after 50 games, you're going to be on the, the exact same track. Probably gone, all right, that's fine. Okay. That gets, uh, I'll, I'll take that. But not like this. And it's what Mike Brown said in his, in his presser, that it's not the fact that they're losing. You'd like to have a win every game, but you're going to lose some. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that they're taking these losses. It's the fashion that they're happening and the fact that we're in f- f- early February and we're still, feels like once a week, twice a week, going, what the hell happened there? What happened in that game? And it comes down to what Mike Brown talked about, like being able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I left everything out on the court. We just got beat tonight. And that's not what's happening. The 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 best version of the Kings, the it it last year, night in night out, we saw the best version of this team almost almost eighty two times. Yes. This year in fifty games, we've seen it what twenty five times, maybe. Just, and I don't even know if it's that. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so they could they might go beat Denver. That sure it's on. I I'm of the belief the Kings are good enough on a on a on a given night to beat. Anyone, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's not going to matter because they might not be locked in the next night, or they may lose to the Spurs, or it, it just—you know—I I asked Malik in, in the locker room. You guys just had a five and two road trip, which was great, and it's like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said, but then you come out here and you lose this game. I, you know, like you basically. You can't. You should be on a, a six and two streak, not a five and three streak. That's mm-hmm. just. I mean, you can't drop a game like that. Mm-mm. It's just. It's way different. They would have been ten games over five hundred again, mm-hmm. going into a really tough like four to five six game mm-hmm. stretch. Now there is no margin for error. You. This team could easily be in the eighth or ninth position by the end of next week, going into the All Star break. I, it is what it is. Like this is what happens when when you know again. I like trade deadline. Like I, I keep saying this, you don't make a trade to make a trade. Mm-hmm. You make a trade because Kyle 
Your roster is flawed and you need better players. You're you're making a trade because you're not good enough. And, and it's And these other teams are making trades because they're not good enough. And they get it. Right. They're trying to shake and that's the that's the thing that, that really jumped out to me about last night is maybe I know it's not making a move to just make a move, mm-hmm. but it's making a move to put somebody different on the court. Yeah. Maybe Maybe Dorian Finney-Smith defends threes the way you want the Kings to defend threes. That alone fixes a lot of things. Yeah. And that's that's just one guy maybe doing the right thing. And maybe he doesn't, and it, and it doesn't work. But I just know that when Mike Brown talks about all these coaching points and they go over it time and time again, and they did it fi- for five minutes before the game today... And this is this keeps happening and blah blah blah. Like at some point, like all right, then get somebody else in there. If you've exhausted the options on your roster, and teams are going to shoot forty percent for the season from three against you, which by the way, you're not going to win a ton of games with that happening. Mm-hmm. Then 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 do then do something. Then do literally anything instead of rolling this out. Yeah. Well, that and I mean, you just played a team just just to further this case. You played a team last night. Right, that was the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. and you lost. Mm-hmm. Their starting point guard last night was Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes just got waved. He had eight points and nine assists last night. Killian Hayes just got waved. Oh, no. The first guy off the bench last night was Joe Harris. Joe Harris just got waved. Like that's the team you lost to. Not only did they sit their two best players, one of which they just again traded, but this is this is what you lost to, and they're on your home floor. In front of a sold-out crowd. That's tough, man. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think at some point, if guys don't want to follow the rules, if they don't want to listen, if they don't want to do what you're asking them to do on the defensive end, and you're going out there and giving up 39.7% from three, find someone else. You know, we got to get past the deadline because as of right now, um, you know, that was game 50 last night on the season. Keon Ellis has been active for 48 games and I'm not sure if it's games played or games active, mm-hmm. but he's basically run out of two way time mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision on what you're going to do there. Either send him to Stockton or just like have him sit on your bench and not get to play Yeah, because he can't. Mm-hmm. But uh, like that's a player that show has shown time and time again this season that he will listen when it, with regards right. to defending right. the three. He I was shocked. It. I was shocked he didn't get in the game last night. I was so certain. We got Sasha minutes. Yeah. And down the stretch, Kings couldn't get a stop, and they just... Uh, two two things. One, you just mentioned Killian Hayes. Not a good three-point shooter. He went two for four last night. When was the last time Killian Hayes made more than one three in a basketball game? Oh, I don't know. Killian Hayes, two for four last night. When was the last time we think he made two threes in a basketball game? I'm going to go last January. No, not quite. Not that long. Okay. It was this year. Uh, sorry, this season. Not this year, though. Oh. November 30th. Oh. At the Knicks, Killian Hayes, two for three from beyond the arc. I mean, we Remember might want to do that with a bunch of their players. When was the last time Marcus Sasser hit hit uh, two of six and uh, Mike Muscala? Hey, I, man, I kind of like Marcus Sasser. He got a little. A I little, think Marcus Sasser can play a little. Yeah, he's I got. I don't know if he's great, but it, to me, he's got a little bit of self made man in him. 
the he guy. Can also, he can also he can also fill it up. He has he's shooting forty three percent from three. Yeah, he's the guy that likes to attack. You know, and, and he's out there trying to prove that he belongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Went two for six against the Kings, but two for three against Orlando. Five for six. Uh, this is from three against the Clippers. One for one against Cleveland. Two for three against OKC. He can fill it up. Yeah, he can shoot it. Mm. But yeah, man. I, oh, can, can we haven't even talked about Keegan Murray. Oh man, what the hell was that? I hit the four fouls and he's in a little bit of foul trouble, but didn't he didn't, didn't even score. come in? Didn't score. Didn't come into the game when Kevin Herter got ejected. Yeah. Did he play any fourth quarter minutes? Well, I don't know. He finished with twenty minutes. That's not uh, good. He did not play in the fourth quarter. Oh wow! And he played six and a half minutes in the third quarter. Zero for four from the field. Zero for three from from three. He did have four rebounds and four assists, a steal and a block. Cool. Um, but some of his fouls last night were not good. Mm-mm. And the oh, last, that was good. The last time they played this team, he had thirty-two. Yeah, torched him. Yeah, he was really good. The other speaking of speaking of of so that was, but Mike Brown had no problem taking Keegan Murray out and saying, "Hey, you played twenty minutes. You don't have it tonight. You're done." You got to do that with somebody else, man. Yeah, I I I I, I, I don't know. Um. Not that you can just go bench De'Aaron Fox. Like, that would take a lot, but maybe a couple extra minutes rest. Just a, just a, hey, you know what? You normally check in at X time. We're going to, we're going to give it another minute. We're going to give it another two minutes. Yeah. I like how Keon Ellis is playing right now. I like how Davion Mitchell's playing right now. They're going to, they're going to stay out there. Well, even like if he's exhausted and, and he's showing signs mm-hmm. that, that he, he might not be ready to go, mm-hmm. it's okay to sit him a game. It is. It's okay to say, hey, look, we're playing the Detroit Pistons tonight. We should be able to get this win without you. Yeah. I, I we, mean, saw, we we saw them beat Cleveland. We saw them beat OKC. They have some good wins without, without De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. So Boy, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. I would say uh, today, too, just for people out there, like the flexing that Adrian Wojnarowski is doing right now, like, man, he has, he has like, oh, absolutely slayed this thing throughout the day. Like he's way ahead of everybody on almost every single transaction. So shout out to Woj for, um, for using his mystical powers and, and being the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, not only, not only, um, not only having the deals, but then are also having like the parameters. Yeah. He's just yeah, he is one of the best. And we should announce too the, that the Brooklyn Nets have waived Harry Giles. Uh, they oh yeah, that's so not not great. Um, you never know what what happens there with Harry Giles, but um, he's actually played pretty decent when given a shot. But they've made a couple of trades that were two for ones or and uh, or three for twos stuff today. Yeah. So they had to clear up roster spaces in order to do that, and unfortunately, uh, that's where. Harry Giles uh, lost his roster spot there. Ramsey in the chatty house asked a great question that I don't have the answer to. Okay. Can the Pistons field a team against the Blazers tonight? Maybe. Asar Thompson's still there. Jaden Ivey's still there. Marcus Sasser, yes. Cade Cunningham can play. He just sat Cade last Gunning- night. Right, his knee was managing. Yep. Alec Burke's gone. Killian Hayes gone. Jalen Duran. that's probably your starting five. Muscala. Mike Muscala is still there, but Isaiah Stewart's out. Kevin Knox is hurt. James Wiseman's there. Danilo Gall- Gallinari. Bojan Bogdanovic gone. Joe Harris gone. 
Mascalo, Mascala, Gallinari, uh, Stanley Amude is a two-way player. Hmm. Monty Morris gone. Jared Roden two-way. Malcolm Casalon two-way. Jared Roden was a uh, Sacramento King for a short amount of time. I think he played Stockton last year. So they have a, okay. They have eleven dudes, and if you take out their two-way guys, they have eight dudes. Yeah, they should be able to fill the team. <laughs> and hey, that's it's a trade deadline. This is what happens. Yeah. So they yeah. weren't. The, the, that's the last thing. The the Pistons honestly were probably not super thrilled they won last night. <laughs> <laughs> like the players were. The front office is like, nah, pull the plug, get rid of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. Right. Tough look. Tough look. Yeah, it was. The entire game last night was a tough look, man. Yeah, it was tough. I don't know. It did. It did give you uh, a a beautiful video that's gone viral. Yeah, boy, has it. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's the reaction to that. And if you didn't see it, the 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 Kings before the game when they were announcing the Lions lineup, or excuse me, the the Pistons lineup, yep, just showed the highlight over and over and over from every single angle of Brandon Ayuk's diving 51-yard catch against the Lions, the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. The face mask. Yeah, swung the game. If you missed it, the 49ers are down two touchdowns. Should have maybe been an interception. Instead, it turns into a 51-yard catch for the 49ers. Lions end up blowing a 17-point second-half lead. Niners are going to the Super Bowl. Lions are not. And so the, the Kings last night just played that on loop. That's funny. Like, that's just a funny little dig that if you don't watch much football, you're not going to really get it. If you do watch football, you're like, ah, I get it. I posted the video on the internet. First of all, it's gone viral, which is the most annoying thing that could possibly happen. But the amount of vitriol towards the Kings for this. Oh. From Kings fans. From, from Kings fans? Kings fans. Really? Very PO'd. Some other other Kings fans loved it, and that's the thing is this is not a hundred percent either way. This is just some people. So I've had Kings fans mad about it, not at me, at the Kings. Kings fans mad about it. I've had Lions fans very obviously mad about it when their own guy C.J. Gardner Johnson two weeks ago was waving goodbye to 49ers fans, trolling them in the second in the second quarter. Yep. And the Pistons at least held on to their their lead, but that's a separate that's a separate thing. Um, so Lions fans are obviously mad. Uh. You've got other people who are just I get like Laker fan who's like classless organization. Like cl- they didn't make fun of somebody's dead relative. Yeah, they didn't. They did not. They did not uh, boo Jerry Krause's widow. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's classless. Yes. This was a funny little intra sports dig, and then there were a bunch of arguments about how oh how does Sacramento claim San Francisco? Like they don't. Like there's 49er fans here. There's Raider fans here. Yeah. Like it's just Northern California. It's just kind of a so it's a big argument about that. It it has been a mess, dude. And then I'm sitting there and I'm going, you know what? I the Kings are up. They're 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 playing well. They'll as long as they win this game, this will blow over here in the next couple of days. But then they lose, <laughs> which leads to a whole new cycle of people like, oh, and then what happened? Bad karma. And then what, yeah, like, dude, I live tweeted <laughs> the game underneath it. It says at the end what happened. So I just, uh, it, it, dude, it, well, and that's the other, Lions fans like, oh, karma. Mm. Like, yeah, you should know about that. Your safety was trolling fans in the second quarter of a game and lost. Yeah. So you know exactly like how it goes. It's sports, dude. It's supposed to be fun. Like I don't get I don't get the vitriol over this funny little like <laughs> like Detroit thing. 
football thing. It's Super Bowl week. And then, <laughs> FYI, the Kings, while the Pistons were shooting free throws, every time they shot free throws last night, put a 49ers logo on the scoreboard. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, and that's just... I Kyle, you to... were seeing all kinds of things. I'm that. dialed in, dude. Ninerswire.com, peep. Uh, so, so they they would show this, and it would get people either loud in some way. Pistons fans would boo it. People who are Niner fans would cheer. You know, whatever it was. And it's just like a, I don't think that was a, it's on the scoreboard. They're not trying to be like, hey, Detroit Pistons, look at this 49ers logo. We're going to get you. I think it was an attempt to get the crowd loud. So I, I, I enjoyed what what they did. I enjoyed what the Kings do from a game ops perspective. All They're the, time. the best. They do a really, really, they good, really job. Do a good job. And that's just a funny little thing that I thought was funny. And boy, it really, and there were, like I said, there were a lot of people who were like, this is great. But it really angered some folks. Oh, yeah. It's not why the I promise the Pistons didn't look at that and go, you know what? We're going to try tonight. Oh, we're, we are going to try. Is that? Wait. They, they, they're, Seven they're wins. Like I kindle Vildor like that? Uh, nah. Not tonight. Not tonight. We're avenging no. Dan Campbell's all grit group. Uh, <laughs> I promise that's not what happened. It's tough in hindsight, but that's how it goes. That's called sports. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways. We'll talk a little bit more Super Bowl coming up. We'll also talk about the teams around the Kings getting better in the West. And we'll get you updated on all the latest in the NBA trade deadline. Did last night change our minds once again? We'll tell you on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. And we're dialed back in. It's hour number two. Snuck up on me. It did. I love it when it sneaks up on you like that. I I don't. You know, it's... uh, Go ahead, sorry. Your moments. You're like, oh, oh, we're on. We're back. Like, ah! (laughs) Yeah. Uh, spectacular. We're taking the afternoon, then we'll hand off to D'Lo and KC. They will be reacting to all the latest in the NBA trade deadline. Let's talk about the West real quick. So you have the Sacramento Kings, who are now the number seven seed. They are half a game back of the Phoenix Suns and New Orleans Pelicans, who are six and five, respectively. Okay. And then the Dallas Mavericks are a game and a half behind Sacramento. I'm going to leave the Lakers out of it for now because they're not only three games back, but I think that if they don't make any moves, I don't think they're that big of a threat. So we'll stick with these with these eight. You have the Dallas Mavericks. They have acquired Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards for mm-hmm. Rashawn Holmes and draft picks. And they also got P.J. Washington from Charlotte in exchange for Grant Williams and Seth Curry. And a first-round pick. And a first-round pick. Lightly protected, I think I saw. Lightly protected first-round pick. Yeah, 2027 lightly protected first-round pick. And it's funny because someone also uh, chimed in and said, hey, Dallas has traded a first-round pick in two different deals, and they don't have any first-round. Uh, they only had one first-round pick to trade. So, I, I don't know. They're they're magical. They're, they're doing some tomfoolery. Hmm. Hmm. So you have Dallas aiming to improve their roster. How much they improved? TBD. The Phoenix Suns. I can't even keep track of everything the Suns have done today. 
Yeah, because uh, they've added in this little like asterisk. Uh, the Suns also, in their trading, they added three minimum contract guys uh, that are going somewhere out into space, which is Chemezi Metu <laughs> and like two other dudes. Um, I, I lost the tweet. Um, but yeah, like half of their roster is going to be gone. So all those people out there are talking about how good their second unit was going to be. It, it didn't look good in the beginning and it doesn't look any better uh, well, I mean, it might look better after today, but all those guys that they went out and got are are now gone. Keita Bates, Jop, Jordan Goodwin, and Chemezi Metu all to Memphis, uh, as well as Utah Watanabe. Meanwhile, the Suns have acquired David Roddy from Memphis and Royce O'Neal from the Nets. Yeah. So again, this is not, and and then the Kings have not have not made any moves yet. This isn't to say that, oh, and then Oklahoma City, they acquired Gordon Hayward in exchange for Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, and Vasilye Micic. Yeah. Did I get it right? Vasilya Micic? Vasilya Micic. Vasilya Micic. Vasilya Micic. Those those three, Mann, Bertans, and Micic, went to Charlotte in exchange for Gordon Hayward. So Gordon Hayward is now with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Hmm. Seems like Oklahoma City got a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit. And that's and that's that's kind of the the crux of what I want to get to. So I'm happy you said that. Because I don't think anybody's asking the Kings to go move heaven and earth to to get a superstar here. And it's not like all of all those names I mentioned are pretty pretty peripheral. Like who's who's the best player who I just mentioned in all those names? Royce O'Neal? PJ Washington? Yeah, probably PJ. Hey, PJ Washington. So, but PJ Washington's like a fine, fine player. Not great. But yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think he would look good in a Kings uniform for sure. But. I, I, no, I, I totally agree with you. And that's kind of the problem is none of these are earth shattering moves. Like I don't think all of a sudden the Suns are are going to win a title now because of these moves. Like, if they were going to win a title, it was going to be because of Kevin Durant and, and Devin mm-hmm. Booker and, and Bradley Beal. And same thing with the Mavericks. It's going to be on Luca. It's going to be on Kyrie. But they tweak their rosters these like little bits. They're and, trying to get better right now. Yeah, and and yeah, and and with the Kings, I sat here. I th- <laughs> might have been yesterday, and I went. I get what they're doing. If they don't make a move, they're riding this out, and then seeing you know evaluating really what they have going into the summer, and then they'll make these these big changes in the summer. But that was before they went and lost to the six win Pistons and looked as lethargic as they did again in yet another game, mm-hmm. and. It's really tough to justify, and and the other the other reason I, I said that yesterday was because the the premise of the entire thing was hey, maybe nobody gets dealt, and maybe no m- trades happen, and now we have this flurry of them, and you have all the kings around or all the teams around the kings getting better, and you have the kings just kind of standing pat, and that's again it's not the end of the world, it's not oh my god fire somebody, it's not. It's not that, but it is a little bit disappointing that uh, this is this is kind of where they where they sit, and it appears they're going the wrong way, while the teams around them aim to to get better. Yeah, they've got fifty two minutes to make some sort of move, and at this point, I'm not convinced that they're like again. I I've heard zero, zero 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 nothing for the last. 48 hours, even before that, like the last two weeks has been super, super quiet. And that's not to say these guys haven't been working. 
Uh, but like I think what we'll we'll get to the end is I postmortems on trade deadlines are always the worst because like hey the the Kings were bidders for you know like last year Matisse Seibel right they were bidders for player X and then you go and look what they got for those players and you're like okay wait a sec you have those second round picks you have those those pieces that you could have given up. Sometimes there are trades where you just like, look, the Kings don't have a, a Grant Williams and a Seth Curry and a first round pick to give up, Mm-mm. or or they might not to get a guy like PJ Washington. And PJ Washington might not be worth that either. But at the same time, you, you got to figure out ways to to get better. And I, I think right now the, the Kings have to figure out ways to get better. And you're not going to get better on the buyout market because the buyout market's never been kind to the Sacramento Kings. No, no one's just lining up to jump in on the buyout market. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's tough. When you have teams like Philadelphia making moves just so they can be active in the buyout market, that to me doesn't paint a great picture for the Kings. And honestly, <clears throat> the buyout market is great when you're going, you know what, I need I need a, a better eighth player. Yeah. If you're going to the buyout market to make the change the Kings, I think, need to make, that doesn't. I don't think it's happening. No one is waving a six foot eight, three and D wing that shoots forty percent from three. <laughs> Kyle, I don't care who they are. They're they're not. They're not waving that guy. It's just it doesn't. It's not happening. The other the other thing that that I I justified the take with yesterday that the Kings maybe didn't is because hey you start to see some more life from Keegan Murray. You're starting to see these strides, and then last night you see nothing from Keegan Murray. Well, that and in his last five games, he scored five points, five points, 33 points, five points, 10 points, and zero points. Ugh. That's what his last five games looks like. And look, you're it's he's okay to go through a slump. Uh, you know, that... No doubt. It is what it is, but... No doubt. But but the idea that, hey, you know what? You're going to start consistently getting getting 15 to 25 a night from Keegan Murray. Yeah. Is... That's just not... That's just not happening. Yeah, at least that, not 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 this year, not as expeditiously as the Kings might want. Uh, Daniel House is being bought out of his contract, so he will be on the buyout market. Um, not again. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's the six foot six shooting, you know, defensive minded guy, but not really. Um, he does have ties to Monty McNair from their time in Houston. Um, but yeah, I. You got to figure out a way, man. Figure out a way to get better, and and you can't just say, "Hey, coach, I need you to get better." Like you can't in the middle of a season. It's really, really tough to just flat out get better. And Chris Duarte rolled his ankle bad yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now he might have a grade one strain uh, sprain, which would keep him out a week or two. He might have a a grade two that would keep him out a month. Mm-hmm. He might have a grade three that would keep him out eight to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, so not only did you not, are, are you not adding as of right now with 40, 48 minutes and five seconds left, but you may have also lost one of the pieces that could somehow magically help you, whether he can or not. I don't know. You might lost, uh, have lost him for a, an extended period of time. Yeah. The, the cards available for Mike Brown to play are, I don't want to say inadequate because that sounds really harsh, but inadequate for where this team wants to go the rest of the way, I think. Inadequate for a team that had lofty goals of not only, 
you know, potentially playing for a championship, but but being in the top, you know, in the top four of the Western Conference. Well, we talked about it. I mean, dude, we talked about it this offseason. Like, if if you're going to be the team you were last year, if you're going to stay lateral, if you're going to win 48 games, you might wind up in the play-in tournament. Yeah. If 48 got you the three seed last year, that was an anomaly. No, totally. And they've not, to this point, they're literally the exact same record. Yeah. And lo and behold. Hey, the exact same record, but remember, they really, really came out of the second half and played well. Yeah. Uh, like the the last 28 games of the season, they played really well. Yeah. There, there is nothing that's telling me that this team is going to be able to do what this team, the team last year did. And maybe maybe it's the all-star break. Maybe they get some days off and everybody okay. is rejuvenating and get some time. But I, I just that that is a that is wishful thinking. Yep. Right now it's not good enough. And it doesn't appear a move is on the horizon. But if it is, we'll tell you about it here on ESPN thirteen twenty. Uh trade deadline coming up at noon. We'll have the latest for you in our final segment. Uh, let's talk some football real quick because it is Super Bowl week. Can't forget about that. We will talk some 49ers Chiefs and the funny thing that's happening at Media Day uh, from both teams. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying tracking this, and I think you will too. Stay locked in. ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. We are locked in NBA trade deadline. Kings lost to the Pistons. Super Bowl week? We'll talk a ton of Super Bowl tomorrow. James has a confused look on his face. No, I just, I, oh, okay. I, I'm excited about Super Bowl week. You, I thought, I, dude, this close to the trade deadline? Yeah. 41 minutes now on the dot? And you did the furrowed brow at your computer. I thought something went down. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it, it's been quiet. It's been quiet. Although I a I, little too quiet. A little too quiet. Maybe, maybe uh, the Kings are just waiting for Chimezi Metu to be bought out by the Memphis Grizzlies, so they can they can uh, just put a waiver claim in on him. Maybe that's why they lost to Detroit last <laughs> night because they knew that it would drop them below a certain team that may or may not want Chimezi Metu. And this was all of, part of a greater scheme to get, uh, you know, they they, yeah. they saw this coming. They saw Metu going to Memphis, getting waived, and being able to, to acquire him via the waiver market. Monty has done it again. This is some, <laughs> like, four-dimensional. Run him his executive of the year right now. Four-dimensional <laughs> chess going on right here. Uh, TC and Sack, what's up, bro? Kyle, Ham, what's going on? What's up, man? What do you got? Hey, hey, I just, I just want to tap in on the whole Malik Monk situation. I probably feel different than everybody else, but I'm probably in the same boat. As far as, like, we, as fans, we can't be madder than you guys. You get what I'm saying? Like, I feel them coming up there talking about, oh, man, the fan, but, you know, I wasn't feeling that about booing. Well, man, I mean, what do you expect, bro? You guys dropping a game to Detroit that you guys should have win, and you guys keep coming up to these press conferences acting super nonchalant, like nothing is happening, everything's going to be all right, and all that. I know we're out of 16-year playoff drought, bro, but we it's expectations for this team, bro. You guys should be better than that. Like, we shouldn't be dropping games to Detroit and then guys coming up here when the fans do boo. Like, it wasn't all game. It was like at the end of the game, we're like, okay, we got a shot to win. And then when you guys lay an egg like that, it's like, boo, man, this is this sucks, bro. Why aren't you guys caring more than we care? You get me? Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, mm. TC. Appreciate the call. 
Yeah, that's that's one. So Malik Monk last night basically said, and again with some expletives, like I don't like that the fans boo. We're at her busting our asses. He says I play too hard to to right. to get booed. Nobody, but that that's the thing is nobody's booing Malik Monk specifically. No, it is everything that is going on. And if you're if so, here's my thing with booing. <laughs> Players aren't supposed to like it. That's the point. No, I, yeah, that's very true. Like that, and I, and I, and I, I understand that players risking life and limb on the court. They dedicate their entire lives to doing this to entertain fan. I, I get, I, I get it. I get that, and I, I it is appreciated and under, and understood, and that it takes a level of physical and mental skill and toughness that I do not possess to reach the level that they've reached. They are better at basketball. The worst NBA player is better at basketball than I will ever be at anything. I understand that. But when you're a fan of a team who wants to see that team win and you want to see that team play well and it is your first game home in two weeks and everybody's fired up uh, to face the, the worst team in the league and the worst team in the league is better than the home team, Yeah, there's going to be an averse reaction to that. I'm going to add another element to this, which I think people probably miss. The Sacramento Kings have outpriced so many of their fans. They have, mm. for a family of four to go to a Kings game, you're talking seven, 800 bucks when you talk food and you talk parking yeah. and, and the ticket prices. Then you get to a game like Detroit where season ticket holders have made a ton of money off their tickets on the secondary market, mm-hmm. but they're like, I, man, this is a Wednesday night. I, against the worst team in the league. I can't give away these tickets, mm-hmm. but they can, and they do. They give away those tickets and, or they sell those tickets for very cheap. And a lot of times it's the fan that can't get into a normal game. that gets to go to a Detroit Pistons game because either someone gave them a mm-hmm. ticket mm-hmm. or somebody, or they were affordable or the King sent out a thing saying, I can get you in the upper bowl for 25 bucks tonight. And Kings fans that can't afford to go to games are like, Oh man, I can finally go to a game. It's cheap for once. Yeah. So you might, in fact, in a game like Detroit, get more authentic, real fans, passionate fans, fans that don't spend thirty thousand dollars a year on their season tickets, mm-hmm. showing up to a game like that, and that might be why you hear things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And and frankly, I, I'm. It takes a lot for for me to be like, oh, this team should get booed. Yeah. But I, last night, as it was happening, went, yeah, this is probably yeah. about right. Down seven at the half to to this, like oof. Yeah, tough. So I, I just they they need to play better, and there is no team, there is no fan base that will support their team like Kings fans, and they will express their joy and their excitement about what the Kings are doing, just like they will express their displeasure. Yep. This is not New York, bro. Or this Philly. is not this is not New York. This is not Philly where you miss a couple of shots and the boos are coming down. Like this is not that. No. This last night the boos were a collective displeasure with how many games have gone just like that this season. And I think based on the chatty house and based on what I see on Twitter that there were a lot of people going into last night like, yeah, hey, kind of expecting this. And then when that happens, oof. Mm. Yikes, man. 
I don't know, man. Kevin Herter guy, he was fully dressed in his Kevin, full you Kevin know what? Herter regalia. If if you are the guy that dresses up as Kevin Herter to go to Kings games, if you know that person, if you are that person, props. You get all of my props. He, he it's he goes all in. Every pro- he get he's got the shorts, he's got the jersey, he's got the the leggings underneath. He go does he go leggings? Oh, he has oh full on yeah, Headband. black leggings underneath. My favorite part of the bit is he doesn't even look like Kevin Herter. He doesn't resemble Kevin Herter outside of being gangly, pasty, and reddish hair. <laughs> like Kevin Herter's hair is like red. Uh he has your your hair is red-ish. No, I'm strawberry blonde. Yeah, I wouldn't call yeah. that a red you're not like a redhead though. No, no. No. This this guy, the Kevin Herter guy at Kings Games, is like you, like strawberry blonde. Yeah, like red ish. Yeah, shout out uh, and my brother's fiftieth birthday today. Shout out to my oh, brother. Hey. He he actually is uh is a more red, and then one of his daughters is a like full redhead. But I, me and my sister strawberry blonde. But. Yeah, you don't resemble Kevin Herter, and neither does that guy. But he leans into the bit because like eh, it's close enough. And he's there, he's holding up his threes, he's pointing at people, he's cheering, he's into it. And I, that was not just last night, that is almost every game I've ever been to. And speaking of which, I'm not finishing any more games when I go. I have never seen seen a beam lighting at Golden One Center. Never. Are you going to go outside and like, Go to a restaurant or something, or or just hang out and know. wait to see know. if a beam happens. It's TBD. Maybe maybe I go home if I have plans to stay up here. Maybe I'll just go where I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have to leave Doko. Like we'll have to test it. We might need to test. I don't this know if theory. I can jump across to Punchbowl or to to Echo and Rig or whatever. Polanco to grab a drink. What, wherever the... wherever wants to sponsor the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if there's a Jamba Juice shout out. I didn't have time to go today. But I, I don't know if I have to leave Doko. I'm going to have to really test this out and see what happens. But yeah, I've never been in the building for a beam lighting. Never once. That's wild. But I leave at halftime. Every time they win? Every time. Mm. Got it. Got it. Listen on the way home. Get home. Watch the end. Whatever it is. Kings W. Lord, do be. It's like, God, I just want to see it. Just once. Just Amazing. once. Huh. <laughs> Brutal, dude. I th- last night I made plans. I stayed out here. I was like, I was staying the whole game. It's the Pistons. I like, come on. We got to like the mid third, uh, fourth quarter. I look over. Your eyes were so red, and you were like staring. I'm like, oh, Kyle is <laughs> not gonna darkness, ma- my old friend. <laughs> Kyle is not gonna make it through this game. <laughs> come on, Kyle, you uh-huh. can do it. You and can then, do it. And then I've got Kings PR. Shout out to our guy uh, Michael pulling up and going like, dude, it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> no, no. You. It's your. <laughs> All right, man. You got it. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Next time I go, I'll make sure. Just put me down for the first half. That's right. I'm out of here at halftime. I'm going to kick him. I'll make sure he leaves people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll usher him to the door. I think the first thing I'm going to try is I'm going to try and sneak up like to the draft house, like take my credential off, and then just stand and watch. Oh. But not be in my seat. If that doesn't work, then I'll try leaving and staying in Doko. If that doesn't work... I just got to leave downtown, I guess. I, I don't know. You go up to Doko. You you go up to the uh, the brew house. You might get a beer or two bought, bought for you by some of the locals. Huh? Just saying. Let's keep my credential on. Then. You are Kyle Madsen of the Insider. I either get a beer or a punch in the face. Yeah. One or the other. John, uh, is John Bull going to be there? Is I, that what you're saying? I, no, because then I'll be doing the swinging, let me tell you. <laughs> no. um, so I apologize if anybody sincerely believes that it was my fault. Sorry.
I'll wear this one. Should have told Mike Brown last night. Mike, you know what? You're talking about the three-point defense. It's on me over here. It's on me. (laughs) Not you. It's me. Uh, We got Super Bowl stuff to actually talk about for real. Also, NFL honors tonight. Are the Niners going to win any awards? And is Patrick Willis going to get into the damn Football Hall of Fame? (laughs) We'll take a guess next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Oh my god. <laughs> ah! That's wild. Oh, wait till you see it. Wait till, wait till I, I need to. Wait until it drops? Yeah. Um, hmm. How can I say this vaguely? It's basically the thing you said yesterday Hmm. about that team. Okay. For that. Wild. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Sorry, guys. I can't. uh, 25 minutes until the trade deadline, and uh, it's likely you'll see what I'm talking about here shortly. Hmm. Well, Maybe. We have the Damian Barling coming in studio. I don't know if he's going to come on now and hang out with us or he's just getting ready. I think he's probably just, is he's just getting ready. He's just getting ready. Oh, he stays ready in that cardigan. Are you kidding me? Yeah, look at that. Oh, A plus. A plus on the fit today uh, for Damian. Okay, couple Super Bowl related things. Once Damian gets back in, we'll, uh, we'll dive back into whatever the hell happened to the Kings last night. A uh, couple of things. One, the funniest thing that's happening during Super Bowl media week. Uh-huh. Because that's what this is. Every player talks every day, and there's these massive media scrums, and it's any podcaster, blogger, media outlet. There's there's some outlets I've I've heard in, in the Bay Area and in Sacramento sending like six and eight people down to the down to the Super Bowl. It's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So a lot of questions get asked of these players. My favorite thing so far has been watching the 49ers and Chiefs go above and beyond way out of their ways to not say anything inflammatory about the other team. No bulletin board material is being put up whatsoever. No. Nick Bosa got asked a couple weeks ago about the Chiefs tackles, offensive tackles, and he was like, oh, they hold a lot. So, oh, here we go. This is going to be spicy. So Niners beat writers. On media day, go to go to the Chiefs offensive lineman and they're like, hey, Nick Bosa said this. What do you think? And like one of the offensive linemen is like, hey, maybe he's on to something. Like just everybody's being overtly nice as to not ruffle feathers on the other team. And it's uh it's been enjoyable to watch those things happen. Chris Jones, it's asked about the Niners offense, and he's like, It's the best offense I've ever seen. And somebody's like, Well, Better than the Chiefs offenses you've had the last year? He's like, yep. Mm. He's like, players, coaches, organization, everything. It's our toughest test yet. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's it's really interesting because what you don't want to be is the guy who starts it. Right. right. Unless yeah. you do. Unless you want to be that team like, oh, no, no. We're going to win this game. 
Yeah, we're sure. all in. No, we're we're the best team. We're we're going out, but then you'll be that guy after the after the game if you lose. You'll be the guy that's on the wrong side of history. So, man, I love it. Uh, also, Matt Rule, the former Panthers coach, who's now the coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, <laughs> in a press conference yesterday, was like, you know, I wanted to put Brock Purdy on the draft board, but I got vetoed. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, guy. Kyle, there's, I also heard that you had him on the top of your draft board. Yeah, he's number number five. I didn't my number five ranked player that number year. five overall. You yeah. had him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, polling teams have listened to me. No, <laughs> so there's two funny things about that. One, either Matt Rule's lying out of his ass, right? He is. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. None of it worked out. Teddy Bridgewater has since retired. Sam Darnold's now the backup, trying to revive his career with the 49ers. Also, Sam Darnold played his best football under Steve Wilkes after Matt Rule was gone, but that's a separate thing. And then Baker Mayfield, who looked like a disaster and ended up leaving Carolina, is now in Tampa Bay, taking Tampa Bay to the playoffs and winning a playoff game. Mm. It's like, Matt Rule, you're the problem, dog. So even if you wanted Brock Purdy, if that's actually true, he wasn't going to help you. <laughs> but here's the other aspect of this. Matt Rule's an offensive coach. That's his That's his bag. He had this great offensive Baylor. That's what got him into the NFL. If you went into that draft and you were the offensive head coach of the team and you're in the sixth, seventh round and you're going, hey, I really like this quarterback from Iowa State. We need to get this guy in our building. I want I want to draft him. And you're getting vetoed? You, that's, a what, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. And then lo and behold, he's fired after week five. Mm. So anyways... Well, if he only had uh, Brock Purdy, yeah, I think history maybe. would have been totally different. Maybe, Kyle. maybe everything would have been that different. Panthers team sucked. Brock Purdy would have stunk on the Panthers. Bryce Young stinks on the Panthers. Well, Bryce, and Bryce Young is a number one overall pick. Yeah, but how how tall is Bryce Young? Not much taller than or not much shorter than Brock Purdy. Mm. Tell you that much. Uh, NFL honors tonight. I think the 49ers are going to win one award. Yeah. Brock Purdy's up for MVP. I don't think he's winning it. I don't think so. Christian McCaffrey also up for MVP. Mm. I don't think he's winning it. Kyle Shanahan up for coach of the year. I don't think he's winning that. No. And Christian McCaffrey is up for offensive player of the year. I think he's going to win that one. Okay. Yeah. It's become the like non-quarterback MVP award is ostensibly what offensive player of the year is now. And I don't think there's a given how Tyreek Hill's season ended with the ankle stuff and he wasn't as productive. I think it's pretty clear that, that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the OPOY. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, same. Yeah. And then we need to get Patrick Wilson in the Hall of Fame, bro. He does need to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what? Like, I go, he played eight years. He's not in because of longevity. That's yeah. the only reason he's yeah. not in. And, and I get And I think because, I mean, he walked away. What did he have? What kind of injury did he have? Toe. A toe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I think... A feet, well, feet in general. Yeah, uh, like most people were so stunned when he walked away. Mm-hmm. They thought he probably could have gone for another like three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Eh. He so uh, he was on Candlestick Chronicles and we asked him like, hey, you retired after 2014. Did you think you had football left? And he's like, I definitely had football left, but my feet were so bad, were in such bad shape. I wasn't going to be able to walk right the rest of my life if I kept playing. Yeah. And I wanted to prioritize my next, you know, 50 years over my next three. Yeah. Like, dang. No, that's man, tough, I respect man. it, man. I, I definitely respect it. So he played just eight years. I, I figured he wouldn't be in on the first ballot, A, because it's really hard to get in on the first ballot in the NFL. 
it's because there's just this backlog of dudes who have to get in. And so, yes. um, so five years is long enough, I think. He played eight seasons. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro, defensive rookie of the year. A second-team All-Pro was in there. He was a on the Hall of Fame's All-Decade team for the 2010s. Like he's, he's the best off-ball linebacker in the sport when he was in it. Yeah, he was incredible. Yeah, so I, 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 I'm really hoping he makes I'm it. I'm manifesting too. that he gets in. Okay. Um, I've pre-written it at Niners Wire. You've already pre-written. I've it. pre-written it. Okay. That's I'm. And good for you. You should. But did you pre-write all of them just in case? All the awards. Yeah. No, I only pre-wrote McCaffrey. Okay. Yeah, I just I. I think if I'm ranking them, I think McCaffrey Offensive Player of the Year for sure. And then probably Shanahan Coach of the Year would be next. And then McCaffrey MVP three, Purdy MVP last. Okay. It's probably my... I mean, I th- I think my Coach of the Year is D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. D'Amico Ryans could win it for sure. Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Taking, what were they, 11-6 and six with their quarterback problems? I thought that was, I thought that, but man, D'Amico, that, that one year turnaround with a rookie quarterback is, is pretty incredible. Yeah. So very, very impressive. Um, any, any trade news here? No, it's been quiet. Yeah. Quiet. It's been super quiet. We are, uh, (laughs) 17 minutes and 25 seconds away from the NBA trade deadline. Sham Strania reports that multiple contenders are expected to pursue Daniel House. And again, that's the kind of name I think that when you talk buyout market, and I don't think the Kings are waiting around for the buyout market. I don't think they're sitting here going, hey, instead of giving up something, we'll just wait. And no, nah, I just don't think a deal is is there for their liking. I maybe yeah. if maybe if Harrison Barnes hadn't started playing so well, maybe if Kevin Herter hadn't found his shot, maybe we would have seen a move by now. That's why you never count what's happening the weeks before you have to go out and in, into the deadline and do what you have to do it, it's difficult it doesn't feel good like people's feelings gets get hurt but at the end of the day it's about building a winner that's what your your goal is if you're a team and what you like you can't do is continuously go through nba trade deadlines where you don't make a move at all mm-hmm. like I, you you have this sabonis one from it's now not last year it's the year before Mm-hmm. Last year they got Kessler Edwards at the deadline. That's that wasn't enough to move the needle. This year, what are you going to do? And and as of right now, they haven't done anything. So I mean, they're running out of time, and this team so, needs help. And you should have <laughs> made, uh, you should have like valued what you had at a certain point, but then said, "Look, I've got to see what I can do to go make moves." Well, and that's so. So I think there's going to be a, a strong reaction, and and you're getting it from me, where. That loss last night all of a sudden really highlights a lot of the things that that Sacramento needs help with. But it's not like Monty McNair was sitting there going into last night going, okay, I'm not going to make any calls. We're chilling. Yeah. And then lose and then lose like they did and then have Monty pick up the phone and go, oh, okay, hang on. All right, trade deadline. Let's go. Okay, but <laughs> but what I could see last night is that there there's like one or two trades that are sitting there that they can make, right? Sure. And they've had conversations with ownership and everyone else and like, okay, these are the the three or four things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And after last night, last night's game, uh, Vivek looking at Monty and saying, do, do this deal now. I want this deal done. Mm-hmm. 
and sometimes the deal just doesn't work out. Maybe you, you like you get beat to the punch, or the guy that you were going to trade for, like that team is already in negotiations with somebody else now. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of reasons why, but to for this team to walk out of this trade deadline, this isn't even like last season. Last season, you knew exactly the path that they needed to take in order to, but they were still a really good team on the rise and you, you wanted to see it play out. Mm-hmm. That's not where we are today. No. You know, that that's not at all uh, where you, the Spurs are trading Doug McDermott to the Pacers. Of course they are. They got their Buddy Hield replacement. Uh, Damian Barling joining there us There is now no replacement for Buddy Hield. Uh, Damian, Doug McDermott to the Pacers, your thoughts? No, that's big time. Yeah, I mean, that puts them up there with the Celtics and the, <laughs> puts them in the, the running, Cleveland Cavaliers. And, well, well, all kidding aside, I mean, good for the Pacers. They're continuing to try to get better. The Knicks are continuing to try to get better. Like, they might feel like that conference is open, especially with the way that oh, Joe. Yeah, yeah I totally agree there. Joe could be, you know, Joel and B being out for the season is very realistic despite the timeline that they're giving us. Uh, yo, good for those Eastern Conference teams for for, yeah. for for trying to pounce on this opportunity. Yeah, Boston's a huge question mark in the playoffs. Um, Milwaukee is yeah. maybe maybe or maybe not. M- m- bad vibes in Milwaukee right really now. Really tough. Really, really bad tough vibes. Bad vibes in Milwaukee Yeah, right now. and the Philadelphia and, thing. And I don't know that I would turn to Patrick Beverly when my vibes are bad. Culture setter. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I would do that. <laughs> I don't know that I get Doc likes him, but I don't know that I would do that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yeah. Maybe get Austin Rivers in there too. <sighs> I don't know why everyone hates Austin Rivers. I love dude. It's I'm, one of the strangest things to me. Like it I feels don't like say I love him, but the entire league dislikes him. Like mm. the entire league dislikes. You listen to his podcast at all? No. His podcast is good. It's called he, Off Guard. He did, I've heard that. He almost uh, decapitated me with this heat cushion one time. So well, there is a, there is. Do you that think reason. that's why there's league wide? No. Yeah, that guy almost he, that's a guy too almost took out James Ham. I can't stand that James guy. James Ham, right. the insiders, and what? and Sam Amick. It was almost both of us. It was almost a oh, deep. Wow. Sam Amick is a treasure. Damn. Yeah, it, it, it was almost a double decapitation right there in the corner. Man, it did hit a lady in the face and scratched her corneas and knocked her her uh, her uh, contacts right. out and like. She was down. The guy behind us ducked. He saw it coming too. Good ducked. for him. He was right. able to avoid it. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are keeping guard DeJounte Murray, according to Adrian yeah, Wojnarowski. Yeah, that makes sense. Unless someone calls in the next 13 minutes and changes their mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, the the Hawks, and, and this has been laid out multiple times, but the Hawks just have a, a more, are in a better spot if they wait for the offseason to, to trade DeJounte. And that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think so. And even if you make like, I don't think that team is going anywhere. Like they're yeah. they're like a way worse version of the Pacers. Like they can yeah. score a bunch of points, but very literally can't do nothing else. It's a construction. It's a it's a it's a constructed roster that I've hated for years. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand that team. I didn't understand it. Salute. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know how they did that. I feel like what we're seeing now is far more indicative of who they are as a basketball team than what we saw the year that they were successful. Let's let's get to the the Kings moves or, or lack of moves. I yesterday went, I get why they're not going to do anything or why I think they're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. They're going to play this out with this roster and go into the offseason knowing what they have. What do they have with Harrison Barnes? What do they have with Kevin Herter? Get another, hopefully get another look at them in the, in the playoffs and then assess what you want to look like in the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. But that was before you see every team around them, Dallas, going and making moves, Mm -hmm. Phoenix, going and making moves, 
uh, even even um, um, OKC made OKC a move. Making um, a move. Yeah. You see so many teams in the West going and trying to get better, particularly the two teams right around the Kings, Phoenix and Dallas. Mm-hmm. They're gunning for that last playoff spot, and the Kings are going, yeah, like, yeah, we'll see. We we'll see what we got here. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing to me. It is, but it's compounded by the fact they lost to the Detroit Pistons last night. Yeah. I think they beat the Pistons last night. I don't think anyone's jumping for joy today. I think the 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 vi- the feeling is a little bit different. The vibes are a little bit different. Like you're six and two in in your last eight games and you just you feel differently about it, right? You have mm-hmm. a little bit more confidence in Harrison Barnes, you have a little bit more confidence in Kevin Herter. I love what I saw from Davion Mitchell last night. I've actually liked what I've seen from Davion during the stretch that Mike Brown has allowed him to play basketball to basketball more times than I haven't. So I think, you know, you just take care of business at home last night. You feel a little bit more confident about this team and just getting to a certain place. Now, you could talk about being eliminated in the first round or, or different things like that. The fact is that, like, that's that's probably what we're talking about no matter what. Mm-hmm. If your wish list was Kyle Kuzma or Jeremy Grant, I think this season – we're still talking about the same thing. We're talking about if a team hits their shots, meaning the Sacramento Kings, not their opponents, because their opponents are really good at it. If the Sacramento Kings hit their shots in the playoffs, they could potentially win a first-round series. When the defense ramps up in the second round and moving on, well, then that, that, that's a different story, and we'll see what they could do. We, we, do we do have a trade. The Milwaukee Bucks are trading Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings. Wow. Lopez, Lopez is expected to be waived and become a free agent. So they didn't do anything. There's, there's, they didn't do anything. They've done it. The Sacramento no, Kings have made a move. They were able to get something in exchange for the <laughs> basically the corpse of of Robin Lopez. I love. I love. Good for Slamson that that Robin Lopez isn't going to be around though. Yeah. Oh, he's got beef with mascots. Yes. I love the idea that Monty McNair is like, fine. You want me to make a move? Hey, let's go get Robin Lopez. Wave him. All right. Next. I love that idea. Yeah, but the problem is it it takes 72 hours to wave a player if you would have done this uh, like a week ago and and started making some of these moves a week ago, you could have collected more assets. So what's the the goal here? Well, the goal today was to, they got something. They might've got a million dollars. They might've got, they might've got a second round draft pick. They got something in order to take on Robin. Yeah, the Bucks are sending cash in the deal. Oh. So... So Robin Lopez is probably a league minimum player making 2.6 million bucks uh, or $3.8 million, whatever. And you probably get a couple extra million dollars to do this deal or a million and a half. And just like, okay, got at least. uh, Can a million and a half defend the three? Yeah. No, no, no no dice. Not with a Kings uniform on. Mm, You know what? I'm intrigued to see what does his team look like the day after the trade deadline? Because I think that's going to be a big topic of discussion. Did the when Kings, they play the Denver Nuggets on the second night of a back-to-back? Yeah, but but did the Kings <laughs> go out here and showcase players down the stretch, and then after the deadline's over, is Mike Brown going to mix things up, or is this who it is? So I'll tell you emphatically, if that's the case, I have a major issue with Mike Brown. Yeah, who yeah. I've rode with from day yeah. one, the second his name came up as as a potential candidate for this job. Yep, I don't think that's the case. To be clear. But if it is, I have a big, big problem with Mike Brown. 
I also I also have a big. You're either coaching to win games or you're not. That's it. And I would have a big problem with the Kings overall. Like if the trade deadline passes and they're all of a sudden like, oh yeah, hey, I'm actually going to try now on defense. I'm going to do what the coaches want me to do now that I know I'm not getting traded. Well, I don't don't trust that. I don't trust that. I don't think that's a thing. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think the trade deadline, the looming trade deadline. I don't think that played a, a part in what we saw last night. What we saw from the Sacramento Kings was Sacramento Kings basketball in 2023-2024. That's it. It's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, oh no. They are I, the picture of inconsistency. I agree 100%, but I also think that there are players on this roster that may be playing because or playing more minutes because there's potential trade interest. I and don't so, believe that. I absolutely refuse to believe who, that. Who, but who, we'll fi- you're right. We'll find out, but man, my tone will absolutely change if that's the case. Who, who, well, who I, do you I, think who who though? Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I would say this: like when you are a head coach of a of a team and a, you're part of a franchise, and a franchise, if you want to have a working relationship with a general manager, you have to be on the same page. And if a general manager says, "Hey," I don't think it's going to cost you games, but I need you to play player X over player Y for a handful of games to make sure people out there know. That stuff happens you can't sell me all on that. the time. You can't sell me on that. It I don't all believe the time, it. Though. I don't believe that it does. Oh, what I like, I, like I, just, I, I look at. Go, sorry, go ahead, Damien. No, you go ahead. James is pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just wonder when I look at the Kings box score from last night. Okay, the trade deadline has passed. Okay, um, is Harrison Barnes not playing anymore? No, is, no. I think is, all, all we're really talking about is Davion, right? We couldn't, we can't, we can't be talking about anybody else. And he was arguably their best player last night, second best. He player. was fantastic. Uh, okay, okay. I, I'm not going to say he wasn't that he wasn't strong, but no, I think that there are other players that we've seen play over the last week. I mean, Kessler Edwards all of a sudden magically appears and plays. But that's what. After, but but see that. But 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 my issue with all of this is that's what Mike does. No, and it's I, weird. Yeah. No, like I, I, I always, I, I always use the line that Mike Brown is hilarious. He's just gonna play Chris Duarte for two minutes and a half, and then never look at him again. Then he's gonna play Kessler Edwards in the second half. Why, James? Uh. It should be. It Who should knows? Be vibes. I don't know. Edwards got nine minutes in a blowout against Cleveland, and then fifteen in that win over Indiana. Yeah. And, and he played well it. versus Indiana. Like, am I, am I wrong? Yeah. I, know, I thought Kessler played well. And I think that's how Mike coaches sometimes. Is sometimes he tries to find a guy and he'll, he'll. I mean, it was clear. I, and I don't mean, like, when Chris Duarte came in for those two minutes, it was like, this, this, yeah. this isn't it. And, like, it was clear in those two minutes, this ain't it. He went to Kessler in the second half and it was much better. Yeah, but I'm not going to fault Mike Brown for giving – Chris Duarte two minutes and then looking at him and going, oh, that's not it. I'm not either, which is why I don't think he's showcasing players. It's why I don't think this team is showcasing players. Do we want to just take this up to the trade deadline at noon, or do you want to go right now to make sure you're on for noon? It's your show. Well, no, it's going to be your show, though, which is why I'm asking you. Um, Well, I think we actually have to break before the hour, don't we? I I think so. Isn't that? So let's do that. Probably. Okay. I I, I Uh, think it's the one thing we actually have to do is to get your last break in for the inside. A lot of reaction coming up to the trade deadline next on You guys can stay if you want to. We vibing. We talking. Dilo and Kenny. Dilo and Kenny coming up next. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.